0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado.
1: Before we get to today's Browns Film Breakdown podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, I'm going to talk to you guys about Indochino. Indochino a company built on custom fit menswear for any occasion, whether you have to wear a suit and tie to work, you have a wedding, any formal event, this is the company that I truly suggest they were able to get me... Um, You know, a streamlined process that was very easy from beginning to end. Just had to get measured. Did that on my own. Put the measurements into the website, which is easy to do. And uh, they do a phenomenal job of quickly customizing the suit. Tons of great options. There's the R.J. Barrett specific line that he put out. If you follow the NBA draft, you see he wore that pink suit that was a Indochino custom blazer. He has some great stuff on the website. Some awesome custom combinations that you can order. And the beautiful part, like I said, is you can choose your fabric, pick those customizations and submit your measurements. It's extremely easy packaged get delivered straight to your door in just two weeks you can get measured like I said or you can design uh, your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom they'll do it all for you there or like I said go ahead and do it online put those in right now you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering that blue wire at checkout plus free shipping that's free shipping indochino.com promo code blue for $30 off your total purchase of 3 dollars or more incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing you really have no excuse not to wear custom fit clothing guys browns phone breakdown coming up next baker mayfield undraftable off my
0: board the cleveland browns select baker mayfield
1: Welcome to Browns Film Breakdown. I'm your host Jake Burns, writer at the OBR, coming at you guys going into Friday. Uh, busy week. It is a, an interesting week for the Browns. Plenty of sound bites that have come out per the usual about T-shirt gate. Today, uh, Odell Beckham's comments about his future, which I believe him to just be an honest person who's just answering, I don't know where I'll be. Um, in the offseason or later on. I can't literally predict the future, but right now there's no place he'd rather be. That's the soundbite that I care about. Uh, you guys can, can latch on to anything you would like, but that's the sim- soundbite that um, meant the most to me is is uh, who he's here with and all of those little nuggets of information um, otherwise kind of are irrelevant to me because he's where he wants to be right now. And, and no matter what, Cleveland has his contract through um, 2023. So it's a moot point to really... Argue it or uh, you know play subjective what ifs about his contract or his whereabouts or his happiness. For now, he's fine, and they have a chance to win four games to uh, you know make something of this season that has been difficult for everybody involved. And you know to get to nine and seven would be a real feel good story for this team and this franchise. And they have an opportunity to start that run with uh, with Cincinnati coming in this week. So obviously, Cincinnati just got their first win, twenty two to twenty two to six over the New York Jets. Uh, They played some close games before that, Pittsburgh and Oakland 17-10, 16-10, and back-to-back weeks, Um, uninspiring efforts offensively, which we'll talk about later. Uh, And they allowed a lot of, uh, you know, I would say more consistent offense than what they were able to put out. So being, you know, able to only lose those games 17-10 and 16-10 uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. The reason I think they obviously did that is they created some turnovers, two turnovers created against Oakland, and then they created a turnover against Pittsburgh, who's, as we all can attest, is is not a very good offense right now. But they put it on the Jets, and they did so effectively throwing the football. Um, they, they, they only ran for 44 yards, but they welcomed back Andy Dalton, which we'll get into with our guest. And he was effective. He threw a touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd. Um, which was a 17-yard variety. Ended up on the day, uh, Dalton threw for 243, 22 of 37, a touchdown. No no interceptions, which is big because they've been struggling in that department. And um, they were able to to sort of manipulate and confuse Sam Darnold into a 28 of 48 day for 239. They sacked him four times, which was, uh, you know, important to their keeping the Jets behind the sticks. Joe Mixon only ran 19 times for 44 yards, and, but he did have a touchdown, um, was effective in the passing game Auden Tate. Uh, Hall's in four for 66, and we'll talk about him. Tyler Boyd was an effective uh, pass catcher, and then C.J. Uzoma, who their tight end, they get him out in space a little bit too. But you know, for the most part on the year, it's been up and down. They uh, Dalton started out the year relatively strong, um, but his his sort of wound down there about week nine, ten before they benched him. He's a one and eight record on the year. He's led them to their only win, 22. Uh, 226 of 375 for a 60% completion percentage, 2495 yards, 10 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. They started Ryan Finley for three games, which I was hoping Cleveland would see him in one. 41 of 87, only 47% completion percentage, uh, two touchdowns, two picks. He's pretty terrible. I, I still am pretty amazed that they gave him three full games um, to play. It's 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 a disservice to their franchise that they did that. But nonetheless, they're back to Andy Dalton, who... Uh, it doesn't seem like that relationship is going to be mended by the end of the year, so I expect Andy to play somewhere else so he can continue to put up some good film. Joe Mixon runs uh, as their lead back, 183 carries, 643 yards, only two touchdowns, only a 3.5-yard average. It's a really bad up front, uh, up front group for the Bengals. It's... it's um, from left tackle to right tackle, it's Cordy Glenn at left, Billy Price, the high State kid who's, who still has not found his footing, Trey Hopkins starts, John Miller is the right guard, and then Bobby Hart is the right tackle. It's it's a it's a pretty bad group for them up front, and it's reflected in their run abilities. Only 936 yards on the year from everybody. That's six different ball carriers. Um, Giovanni Bernard's their second back. He has 39 carries for 121 yards and then even worse. yards per attempt. Those two are effective pass catchers, though. Joe Mixon with 26 catches for 190 yards. Bernard, 24 for uh, 181. Three touchdowns, like I said, for Mixon. Uh, Pass catchers-wise, this talent, Tyler Boyd, I believe, is a talented player. 68 catches, 758 yards, three touchdowns. They welcome back John Ross for the first time in a while. He had 16 for 328 and a whopping 20.5 yards per catch for the burner. Uh, Three touchdowns. Auden Tate has sort of taken over for... Uh, AJ Green, not very fast, obviously, but a big physical guy. And the big physical guys have given Cleveland um, obvious trouble this year. He's gone 39 catches for 559 and a touchdown. Tyler Eifert has played uh, a bigger role, finally seems to be staying healthy. 30 for 252 and two scores. Um, and then CJ Uzum, who I mentioned there, uh, 16 catches, 168. So it's not a, an elite or even great uh, weapons. Uh, disposal there for the Bengals but it's not bad either and I think that they especially if the Browns can't pass rush like they're hoping to or they would have had they all been healthy um, this is a group that could give them a little bit of trouble especially based on the size of Auden Tate and some of the tight end advantages that they can have Um, their defense is led by Jesse Bates a safety he's in his second year from um, Wake Forest good player very good player he has 89 tackles which is uh, almost the top of the team, 62 solo tackles, which is tops for their team. He has a fumble recovery, five passes defended, two picks. Those two picks are the most for this group. Sean Williams, their other safety, uh, who has an interception of his own, three passes defended, 86 combined, 61 total tackles. So their safeties play a big role in their run game and um, obviously are two of their better players. Nick Vigil is their only solid linebacker uh, who who has put up a couple forced fumbles. One fumble recovery, 94 tackles combined, solo with 49. He does have a sack. Sam Hubbard has five sacks. Carlos Dunlap, their other end, five-and-a-half sacks. Geno Atkins, still a very good football player inside, four-and-a-half sacks. So those are their big three inside. Dre Kirkpatrick is, um, you know, one of their prime corners. B.W. Webb seems to be seeing a lot more time for them. I'm not sure what's going on with William Jackson. Um, maybe an injury. And I think I think Kirkpatrick might be dealing with an injury too, so you're probably looking at Darquez, Denard, it's not a very good corner group, and the Browns should be able to do what they want to in the passing game. I won't how you know it won't help some of you who want them to run the ball all the time. But the Browns have to be able to throw this week. I think it will be important for them to do so. There are a lot of advantages out there, um, you know, throwing the football. the re- the, the return game um, gets pretty interesting because Brandon Wilson, as Steve Prefer, um, sorry Mike Prefer, the Browns special teams coach mentioned today, is an elite return man. Thirty one point three yards on twenty kick. Returned 625 total yards and a touchdown. He's deadly. So how the Browns handle him will be extremely interesting. He's done a nice job, one of the better ones in the league this year. And then Alex Anderson returns their punts. The same old punter-kicker duo, Randy Bullock, 17 of 21 field goals. Um, He has, uh, I think, made all of his extra points. Randy Huber – sorry, Randy Bullock and then Kevin Huber handles the punting. So it's not, you know, it's nothing crazy, nothing all too different. It's what we're used to, uh, but it's – it's it's an interesting game because it's one where the Browns are sort of you know coming off of a letdown of feeling like they've they've pretty much mailed in their ability to make the playoffs is the is the morale in the locker room as high as some people hope it is I don't know I think it's going to be fascinating to me to see how Freddie Kitchens handles these last four weeks because people keep asking me about is he safe is he done I guys I don't I don't know I think how they play these last four weeks will be of the utmost importance. Cleveland's got to still have their goal to get to 9-7 and seven and hope things shake out in their favor, um, but if Freddie can't emotionally get these guys ready for three games in which they're going to be favored and they're the better team, then that's a big problem. I think you always want to see Freddie improve, and if you haven't seen him improve upon things that a first-year coach might struggle with early on, that's where concerns come. So, I think everything is still on the table. He has the ability to make His own future. He has the ability to to keep this job and make it work, and if the Browns impress these last four, I would imagine this job is his to keep. Um, If not, and things drop, then it could be some tough decisions that need to be made. So that will be the number one storyline through the end of the year, and the number one thing that I pay attention to the rest of the way. Now let's get over. The holidays are here. Perhaps you have a brother Perhaps your father needs a gift. You can't think of what to give him. We'll give him the opportunity to use Harry's razors this holiday season with a great gift. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. Free shipping ends on December 16th. I'm telling you guys, you got to act now. It's a great deal for you and for him. Holiday sets started just $20. Well within those annoying Secret Santa, White Elephant, whatever trading gift limits that your family might have. Harry's Blade refills are as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. It comes with a ready-to-gift box and a handsome holiday gift package done up for you guys, and your gift gives back 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations. As a special offer for fans of the Browns Film Breakdown, we have partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited-edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Plus which is a nice bonus. You'll continue to get that free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle, the option to engrave if you're into that kind of customization. Five-blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Free shipping ends December 16th, so act now. Just go to harrys.com bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. Okay, the Browns are uh, toward this home stretch of games that we've all been thinking of in, in, uh, in terms of winnable calendar games the last half of this year. I thought if they got to 6-6, six and six, they were in good shape. Unfortunately, they're 5-7, and seven, having dropped the Pittsburgh game. So it's going to be um, even more urgency, smaller margin for error. The, the playoff chances are like 6% as it is. So you got to beat the Bengals twice. This is the first one. It's the home game. I thought a great person to talk to would be um, James Rapine. James, obviously, you guys know, 92.3, the fan, uh, up there, columnist, reporter. Does a lot with the Indians, does a lot with the Browns, does a lot with the Cavs, everything up there. He does does really well, and I've, I've been on his uh, his show when he's hosted, so I thought it would be a good point of conversation, because James used to do, uh, just last year, used to be with ESPN down in Cincinnati, and then did Locked on Bengals, so it's a good resource for the Bengals. James, how you doing, man?
0: Uh, I'm doing well, man. How are you?
1: I can't complain. Can't complain. It's uh, it's an interesting time of year for the Browns. They're they're sort of eliminated, right, man? They're 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 eliminated, but they're not eliminated. Mm-hmm. They have to play it out like they're not, which is the challenge. They have to have a hundred things go in their way, and this is a tough time. It's a tough time, in my opinion, James, because. You know, the, the, this is a this is an ultimate barometer for Freddie. Like, if he can't get these guys in these last four games to play good football, winning football against teams that they should be, that to me is a problem. And people have asked me nonstop, and I'm gonna get your opinion on this. But people have asked me nonstop, sort of, you know, where do you think Freddie will be gone? And I said, as of, as it sits now with a month left of football, I don't think so. I think he'll be back. But, in my opinion, if they drop one to the Bengals, they drop one to uh, Arizona, and then, you know, you're you're flipping a coin against the Ravens, it gets dicey, in my opinion. So I, I think they have hey, to win three games of these last four. Where do you sit with it? Yeah, I
0: would say bare minimum. And I have heard that. I've heard that 8-8 eight and eight mark would bode well for Freddie and – there would be a lot of people in that building that would consider bringing him back at that mark. Me personally, I've kind of reached my breaking point, And I know that's crazy after 12 games or it sounds crazy. And the coaching turnover has been what it has been here with Cleveland, but, but I look at it differently with the Browns. I don't look at it as can they get by with Freddie kitchens next year? Because I certainly think they can, you know, if they upgrade the offensive line, if they do, uh, a couple things to improve the roster, adjust the safety position, et cetera, linebacker. If they do those things, then you're talking about an even more talented team th- than they have now. So sure they can make, win 10 games of Freddie Kitchens next year. I believe that, but can they make a run after they do that? And, and I just, I don't think he's that guy. I think he's, he's been outcoached in most of the games and, and he, I, I'm not sure he gets it. I mean, that t-shirt thing was a bigger deal than I think the average fan realizes because it was just a, a lack of self-awareness and even more so when he doubled down on it. So I'm kind of out on Freddie. And maybe he can win out and win me back. That's what it would take, probably minimum, to win me back. But I, I think 8-8, eight eight, the Browns, especially with the turnover, that organization might decide to keep him anyway, even though I think that would be a mistake.
1: Yeah, it's all it's the ultimate shrug your shoulders for me because, you know, obviously – I wanted Freddie, as most of us did at the time of hiring, and it just didn't pan out the way we thought it would because I think I've noted that maybe we have like 12 to 15% of the necessary information about these guys. Like what we see on game days, we don't really know what we're seeing. Even people like me who try to tell you what you're seeing, it's hard to know because you don't have a call sheet. And then it's like, how will Freddie handle all of the other things that come with being a head coach, not just calling plays, which is what we liked about him. We didn't know. And I think some of those things like you're talking about with the T-shirt and, you know, it's just amazing to me that you're taking a public picture. You can't just kind of zip your shirt up. Like, I, it's just, it's you know, it's little it's little things that have added up. And if you if you put all those things off to the side um, and said it's a one-off, that's fine. You know, it's probably just a one-off, but there, there's an accumulation effect. Like, I'm, I'm of the belief that the shirt didn't cost them the game, but at the end of the day, it's what people talk about it's what Pittsburgh players wanted to talk about and I do think there's added emotion in all of it so um you know you can you can dodge those questions or or Mayfield quotes about this that or the other dating back to camp but at the end of the day if you're giving somebody extra motivation in the NFL guys who are already motivated anyway it's just a little bit silly and it's a little bit unnecessary and I think for a guy like Freddie who doesn't want to preach some of the outlandish behavior for for some of the things that have happened i'm not just talking the t shirt situation. it has been an unfortunate development for his first year and If it ultimately does cost him his first year, it would not surprise me um in the least but let's let's turn our attention to Cincinnati because we're gonna you know in a in a four week span're gonna see these guys twice. There there I think you and I talked about it off the uh before we you know started to record here that this is probably the worst time to get them. Why do you uh why do you feel that way?
0: Yeah, I think it's the worst time for a few reasons. Um the first one I mean, if you just look at last week's game, they beat a Jets team that you know they were at home but they beat a Jets team that was kind of surging a bit, much like the Browns they've been underwhelming to start this season. They have a second year quarterback, first year head coach and they had higher expectations after uh, some off-season additions, including Le'Veon Bell, and they were starting to surge. And then they go to Cincinnati and really get punked. I mean, the the Bengals beat them up and, and handled business against the Jets. And, and I think it's for a few things. One, they were they were sick and tired of being 0 11, you know, and, and looking for that first win. And they've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with Andy Dalton getting benched when it was clear that the locker room. Was bothered by that. Like you could just tell that they knew Ryan Finley was not the answer. And even though the Bengals were thinking long term, it was one of those things that, that didn't pan out. I know there are people I talk to that cover the team and even players who are like, eh, "What are we doing?" And so when they went back to Andy, it was like, it was like a shot to the arm. And you saw it last week. And, and I think uh, when you combine that with Cordy Glenn coming back and able to man that left tackle spot like he did last week, he's not great but he's certainly better than, than what the Bengals have had there uh, at times this season. I, I just think John Ross coming back, Joe Mixon finally uh, getting going on the ground. I think this team is about as confident as they've been probably all year, except maybe early in September when they battled the Seahawks and they battled the Bills. So, so I think this is a tough time to catch them. The good news is the Browns are at home. They've won three straight at home, and, and they seem to play really well, especially early on in home games. If they don't, this game could get dicey. You know, if they don't come out the way they did against Miami, I think it could get dicey. If they do come out the way they did against Miami, it could be over, much like last year's game here in Cleveland against the the Bengals was over quickly. So it's just one of those things where can the Browns get off to a good start? And if so, despite what happened last week against Pittsburgh, I think that would be enough to to handle business this week.
1: We're going to jump in to today's podcast and interrupt to talk about Ship Station. Big time of year coming up, holiday rushes are happening, you might be selling things, you might be shipping gifts, you might be doing a lot of different things that require you sending a package to somebody, and that is where ShipStation can come in and help you out, whether you have... Your own prerogative with your own business, or like I said, you personally are just selling some things on the side, ShipStation can help. Just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivering them in time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, so you can compare, choose, and select the best solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time and with the best rates available. Take the hass out of holiday shopping and shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it with ease. Just use the offer code BLUE and you get a free 60-day trial that's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Entering that promo code BLUE, ShipStation, make ship happen. Now back to Brown's Film Breakdown. Yeah, I'm with you. They have interesting weapons. I mean, obviously Joe Mixon is uh having a disappointing season compared to what many thought he would do based on his finish last year. Um I do think getting I'm with you on on getting Dalton back in there was a surge of energy for them that they got their guy back. It was it was a couple weeks too long of Ryan Finley. You can pretty much tell Ryan's not going to cut it in the league in a lot. They of, never
0: should have drafted him.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. not. They he did just, him a disservice.
0: Fourth round quarterback. He has no arm strength, Dick. I mean, yeah. he just can't you can't make the throw. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're just, good. You, you said it on draft day. You know? he, he's not that type of guy, and they trade up for him. And honestly, to me, and I think it's the coaching staff that liked him, it's the Hugh Jackson equivalent to Cody Kessler. Mm-hmm. When it was like the coaches were like, trust me, I think this was Zach Taylor's guy, and he really liked the film. But but yeah. clearly the armed talent just isn't there to survive in the NFL.
1: I'm with you and I I was really hoping just like I was hoping that that Pittsburgh would keep playing Mason Rudolph that Andy Dalton would not find his way to at least the first time Cleveland played them playing him but nonetheless Andy's back he's had a good you know a good career against Cleveland um the Browns had his number last year obviously he was I think he was injured in that that first Cleveland game uh, in the second half there in Cincinnati if I recall so they got uh, Driscoll yep. in the end of the year so it, it you know it's they've got Tyler Boyd they've got Auden Tate who's come on the Florida State product Tyler Eifert's finally finally playing a healthy year of football like you said John Ross is back uh, but it's not an overwhelming you know group compared to some of the others they've played it's interesting to me that you you talk about their offensive line how uh um you know how how they're playing is is going to probably ultimately swing this game because they're 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 pretty anemic up front and they've been that way. And um but the good thing for them is like you said, they get Cordy Glenn back on the left side and they're facing a Cleveland front that is not very good in terms of generating organic pressure from foreman, uh from foreman blitzing. So I think that probably ultimately decides how well they do offensively. I mean, because if you look at it, they haven't they haven't put up a ton of yards lately. In their last three games that they've been in, their total yardage output was 246, 244, and 277. And they didn't run the ball against New York or Pittsburgh. They are both under 85 yards rushing, only 44 last week. So it seems to me like they're going to throw it a lot. Is that the vibe that you get?
0: Yeah, I would say so. And I think what they should do is try to get the Mac Wilsons of the world in space, right? Or try to get them in coverage, whether you mentioned Eifert, whether it's Boyd out of the slot, and I doubt they'll be able to get that much, but Mixon out of the backfield, try to get him involved somehow because he's, he's an elite running back. I don't think people, and I, and I covered him for a couple of years, obviously, before coming up here to Cleveland. He's up there. Like, talent-wise, he's as talented as Kareem Hunter, Nick Chubb. Now, the numbers aren't there, but he can do it all out of the backfield, and he's he's a force and a big, big back and hard to bring down. So I would try to run the offense through him. I think you're going to have to account for Ross. It's I, going to probably be on a pitch count, but I think he can stretch the defense a little bit. So um, the, the key here, and you nailed it, is can the Browns generate pressure and make Andy Dalton uncomfortable? If, if the answer is yes, even to a, a 50% of the time, right? If they're hitting him occasionally and getting to him uh, every third pass play, then I think that the Browns will be fine because he'll make the mistake. There'll be a sack fumble. They'll get him in second and third and long. And then you can... Can thrive and be okay especially with that secondary with the marius randall back in there but if you're not generating pressure on andy dalton there's a reason you know he's i've been critical of andy in the past but he's still a former pro bowler you know he's yeah. an experienced quarterback you mentioned it; he's had success and he, he's played well at times this season i mean through the first five or six weeks of the year despite no aj green he was leading the league in passing yards so he'll still throw it all over the field if uh if you give him time. So I think that's the key really to the game is getting to Andy, especially early on and getting him frazzled and not letting him get into a rhythm.
1: Yeah, I do. I do think this has sort of the feeling of a game where Andy has a chance to sit back and throw and it because I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I just don't know based on how we've watched Cleveland the last few weeks. I just don't know how they're going to generate much pressure. I just, uh, unless they blitz, they throw some some different blitz looks than Wilkes has shown recently. I think Andy's going to probably have a pretty good day throwing. I'm not sure how well they'll run it, but ultimately it'll come down to whether Cleveland can keep them out of the end zone, keep them kicking field goals, or like you said, generate a couple turnovers. Defensively, they still have the names, man. I know Geno Atkins didn't practice early this week or Sam Hubbard, but I'm sure they're both going to play up front. They still have Dunlap. They still have Hubbard, Stuff Carl Lawson, um, you know, the name value is there. Linebacker wise, Nick Vigil's healthy this year. Jermaine Pratt, NC State product has come on a little bit. I think where the Browns can tr- I feel like I've said this so many times this year, but defensive <laughs> secondary wise, Darquez Denard is sure I'm being kind, is not very good. He's okay. And, and, and they're starting B.W. Webb opposite. And, um, you know, Jesse Bates is a fine safety and Sean Williams is a fine safety. But they have to be able to throw the football. They have to push the 300-yard mark, in my opinion. Where do you see that side of things shaking out?
0: Yeah, I, I if I'm – and who knows what the hell Freddie Kitchens is going to do. But if I'm Freddie Kitchens, I'm using – and the one thing I think he has done well over the past four weeks is, for the most part, he's used Kareem Hunt the way I envisioned I'm getting these linebackers in space, and Nick Vigil has played better this year, but I still take Kareem Hunt all day long against Nick Vigil one-on-one, right? I'm still taking Nick Chubb one-on-one against any of those linebackers, whether it's Pratt or anyone else, and use that to open things up. You're right, though. They should be able to throw on him. Odell Beckham Jr. talked Thursday, he talked Thursday, and he ruffled some feathers. This is a game where he should have two touchdowns, right? You should try to... I don't want to say force-feed it to him, but it should almost come natural. And I yeah. thought that multiple games this year. This should be a day where the offense feels great about scoring, much like Miami, where they just build their confidence and score 40 points at home, and you just feel good about where where you, you are offensively at 4, 4.30 on Sunday afternoon. So I think the key uh, always with this team, with, with the Browns, is getting those running backs going. I just think that that makes them so much tougher uh, to guard but really, the Bengals should struggle to keep any of these guys in check, OBJ, Jarvis, or both Hunt and Chubb. I think they should all have success. And what we know about the tight ends, by the way, real quick, no more on second and 10 in critical moments, no more screen passes <laughs> uh, to, to a tight end. Okay, can we can we avoid that? That goes to OBJ. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah,
1: no, I'm with you. And I, I think... It's, it seems to me like unless if David Njoku's is not back this week, he's not coming back. Period. So I think they've run that. That I think you get three weeks, right, to make a decision. I could be wrong on that, but yep, um, yeah,
0: it, no, it, it's three weeks, and it, it's interesting you mentioned that because I haven't heard, and I wasn't in Berea today, but I haven't heard one way or the other. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll have to dig into that and see because I, I haven't heard one way or the other if he'll be available. And you're right, this is this is kind of it. And you wonder if where they're at in the season plays into it at all
1: sure, with sure. him.
0: You hope it doesn't, but but it certainly could be a factor.
1: I think it is. I think that they don't want to, um, you know, rush that injury. I mean, just because tight ends have to do so much with their hand, wrist, and flexibility—not just catching passes, but blocking—just gigantic athletes off the edge. It's a it's a real it's a real challenge. So if he doesn't feel right or they don't feel comfortable with him, I won't be surprised. But it would be a nice addition to get back. So um you know this will be uh this will be fascinating if if like you said if they have the ability to early in the game get the running uh attack going wide zone do a little bit of duo that they like to do if they're able to get those things going up front then they will they will give Cincinnati hell if not if they don't uh it could be a long day and that's the unfortunate reality is that the, the, this team is not built to sit in and pass protect on predictable pass situations and when the Browns have gotten into those situations it's been it's been a nightmare and that's unfortunate because yeah. in the modern NFL, you really can't have that. You need tackles who can sit in, anchor, kick step, and get back and give uh, your quarterback a clean pocket consistently. And we haven't seen that. So he's James Rapine. That's great information, my man. I, I really, uh, you know, I thank you for your Thursday night taking a little bit of time for me. I'll jump on with you Sunday. Hopefully, we can give a good little preview there too, buddy.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Jake. I appreciate it anytime you want me on later in the month. We need to preview it again. You can certainly do that, man. I appreciate you
1: having me. Absolutely. Book it. We'll hear from James later in the month. Guys, I appreciate you listening to Browns Film Breakdown. Hopefully we have another good um, Sunday in Cleveland. We've had a couple good in a row up there for Synergy Stadium. Hopefully they can get another win for the fans. It'd be a nice break from this tumultuous uh, season in terms of the whole picture. So a win would be great. I will come back at you Sunday, jump back in, talk about the game, hopefully a win. Until then, keep following, uh, you know, keep following along on Twitter. Keep letting me know what you guys want to hear. Uh, listen to That's What B said. Those girls started at Blue Wire, and they do a fantastic job. They do, they do a great podcast. Listen to those girls. They, they, they really give some good insights on Cleveland sports that are very different from the mainstream, and I think you'll enjoy it. Listen to everything Blue Wire. We appreciate you guys listening. Follow along on iTunes, and as usual, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.